Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Thanks, Grant. <clears throat> Hi, everyone. It's uh, good to be here tonight. And worship was just amazing. And I feel like God is already moving and speaking to so many of us. So I just want to continue just in that attitude of worship as we gather around the word for the next um, 25 minutes or so. So I'm continuing on with the Sermon on the Mount series and the 166 series on Sunday night. Um, the past two weeks, David Blevins and Phil have looked so well at um, lust and divorce, and uh, I'm not going to recap on those. They're difficult topics. If you want to um, go and listen to their podcasts or live streams, you can do that. They did a great job. I'm just going to get straight in tonight. It doesn't get uh, much easier. I'm talking about retaliation tonight. Um, I was saying to Grant during the week, oh, I'm speaking on retaliation, and he laughed. As he, he says, you always bite, you always retaliate. So it's, and, and everything that I'm doing tonight, I'm, I'm speaking uh, to myself as well. And as I've been preparing this this week, I felt really challenged too. And I hope that you will as well. I was saying to my little brother earlier, oh, he's, he's, he's coming tonight, he's there. And I, I said, I'm speaking on retaliation. And he laughed as well. He said, you always retaliate, we're fighting. And uh, when he said that, I gave him a swift dig to the face. So, no, I'm always open. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm speaking to myself and everything that I say tonight as well, uh, and I hope that God speaks to you as well. So let's just uh, get straight in and, and read the passage in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 to 42. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. So tonight, I just want to look at the. I'm going to look at the context, just what Jesus was teaching into, what he's teaching us from this, and then just a couple of practical ways of how we can actually put this into practice in our everyday life in the 166 hours of the week that we have left after the Sunday night. So we're going to get straight into the context. Before we go any further, we need to understand what Jesus was speaking into. So it says in Exodus 21, 23 to 25, But if there is serious injury, you are to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, and bruise for bruise. And it goes on to say in Leviticus chapter 24, 19 to 20, Anyone who injures their neighbor is to be injured in the same manner, fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. The one who has inflicted the injury must suffer the same injury. <clears throat> so in the Torah, Torah, we find punishments that were um, to be exactly equal to the crime that was committed. And in Latin, that's known as um, lex talionis. I think that's what is right. So this was the principle or law um, for equal punishment, and this was put in place um, to reduce the level of violence. It was to reduce vengeance, getting out of control, and somebody getting angry, and it's spilling out into their actions and doing something that they regret. So this was called lex talionis. But 
what happened was this led to a, a tit-for-tat mindset where people just became really religious and petty with getting even and everything they did in their lives they wanted to get even and um, this fed into their relationships and this is what Jesus was teaching into and uh, I think this attitude is still really prevalent in our society today if uh, so many times we're trying to get equal and trying to get even in our lives um, if you think even from kids from a young age how often do you hear kids saying oh but that's not fair this isn't fair if you think of suing it's just got completely out of hand in our culture where people will go to extreme lengths to try and get what they feel they deserve they deserve their share or what is owed to them if you think even at Christmas you get a gift and you think oh they've bought me this I need to go and buy something of equal value to give back to them but it's, that's not how it should be. A gift is given to you, expecting nothing in return. You don't need to go and work out, if, oh, that was 15 quid, we'll go buy them a gift that's worth exactly that to give back to them. We're, we're so caught up in trying to be even and equal in all that we do. We can get tempted to decide how to act towards other people according to how they act towards us. So if somebody's nice to me, I'll be nice back to them. If somebody's nasty to me, I'll just ignore them and be nasty about them. Um, when we're wronged or when we're hurt, our thoughts just go straight to how can we get even? How can we get back at that person? And Grant and I have a lot of uh, banter and we play pranks on each other all the time. And uh, as soon as he does something to me, I'm thinking, right, how can I get him back? And Grant always says, long runs the fox. So if I get him, then in the future, he's going to get me back when I'm not expecting. He's going to get even. Um, and this is so prevalent in our society today. And this is what Jesus was teaching into but it's such a restricting way to live for some people they become even consumed with a desire for revenge or to be equal with somebody that's wronged them that it just consumes their whole purpose in life it's to try and get even with this person that's caused them so much hurt it's just a restricting way to live there's no life in it this tit-for-tat mindset assumes that in life our identities and our worth are found um, in the possessions that we're all competing for and it was into this society, it was into this mindset that Jesus was teaching into. I just love reading the Bible and how, for something thousands of years ago, it's still so relevant for us today in our society. So we often hear that like Jesus came to uh, fulfill the law, not do away with the law. And this is what Jesus was doing here in this passage. If you uh, think back um, when we've looked at, like, it says, do not murder. So Jesus didn't come to do away with that law, but he came to fulfill that law by going a step further and say, if any man has anger in his heart, um, he will be punished. And then if you look at adultery, it says, do not commit adultery, but it also goes on to say, if any man looks at a woman lustfully in his heart, he has already committed adultery. Jesus goes a step further, not to do away with the law, but to fulfill the law. And it's the same here. He says, the way to deal with anger spilling over or to stop vengeance from going too far it's not by trying to get equal it's not by harming them back the way that they've harmed you but he goes a step further and he says you respond with non-resistant love he's not coming to do away with the law but he's coming to fulfill the law so the next thing just that Jesus was teaching as well he was teaching us not to be passive he's not saying that we should step back and be walked all over like a doormat if you look at the different examples that Jesus talks about in the passage, there's always an action. Someone turned the other cheek. They give the cloak off their back. They went two miles instead of one mile. There was always an action. They were always doing something. 
He's not saying to just step back and watch and be passive. Okay, so he's, he's telling us not to stand back and be walked over, but he's teaching us to respond this action of love and grace and forgiveness. If you look at the example of Jesus, when the soldier hit him on the cheek, he didn't just go, here, hit me on that cheek there as well. He didn't just turn the cheek, but he stepped back and he said, in John chapter 18, 23, it says, if there is some offense in what I said, point it out, but if not, why do you strike me? The fact that Jesus stepped back and he didn't offer to hit back, he didn't threaten the person, by him doing that, that was him actually offering the other cheek. So he's teaching us not to be passive, but to actively respond when we're faced with this evil. If you think of in the Garden of Gethsemane, when it all kicked off and Peter cut the ear off the soldier, what did Jesus do? He did an action. He healed the, ma- the soldier and put his ear back on. Um, but he didn't have to do that. You think on the cross, when he was left there hanging on the cross, all of humanity against him, what did he do? He outwardly said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. There was an action, and Jesus is teaching us to react, um, not passively, but with love and generosity and grace. He was teaching us that true righteousness isn't trying to get equal. It's not trying to retaliate with vengeance, but actually retaliating with love and with grace. It's up to the other person that's causing you that evil or that harm, whether they choose to abuse that or not. But hopefully, we'll find out throughout the rest of this talk that more often than not, people will be blown away by your reaction of grace and love. It's just so countercultural. People will be blown away. And more often than not, they'll not um, abuse that. I just want to share a story from my life as well. I've only ever been in one fight in my life. I wouldn't even call it a fight. So I was in second year in school, okay, and uh, we all sat at a lunch table, just all the guys, and we had banter and we slagged each other off, and apparently I'd taken it too far because I was a wee bit cheeky when I was younger and uh, probably, probably did take it too far. And this guy said, oh, it was coming towards the end of school. He says, I'm going to hit you on the last day of school. That's what the kids do. So you can't get in trouble because it's the last day. Um, <laughs> But I thought nothing of it because he was like my mate and that was fine. And I uh, got the last day of school. It was non-uniform. And someone came up to me and he goes, um, here, this guy wants you outside. And I was like, oh, he probably just wants to chat. So I go out in my chinos and all with my hands, hands in my pocket. And there's this big crowd of people. And he gets pushed through. And uh, now it's just me and him face to face. And I'm still standing there with my hands in my pocket expecting him to like, shake my hand or something. Um, and he hits me in the head. And I'm like, oh, no. And uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> I decided, um, probably out of fear more than anything else, because I was really small. I still am, but I was even smaller than I am today. And uh, out of fear, probably, was like, I'm not hitting him back. So I just went like that, and he kept hitting me and kept hitting me, okay? And it ended just, it ended, and that was fine. And we all went home, and I lived the fight another day. But um, he texted me later that night, and he said, look, why did you not hit me back? Most people would just get full of anger and, and, and just retaliate and, and want to get even. I just said, I don't know. And then he's like, well, I'm really, really sorry. Like, I shouldn't have done that. And uh, I hope we can still be friends. And I said, look, there's no problem. You're, I forgive you. Like, we're mates. And we played football together and I still talk to him even today. So it just shows how we can overcome evil with good. Like, if I had retaliated, that could have just blown out of proportion and we could have fell out and never spoken again. It's just a funny story that shows what Jesus was actually teaching. And I've got a video, hopefully, to illustrate this even further. It's quite funny, so hopefully you enjoy it. If we've got volume.
Is there volume in that? Give it a wee second here and see. Because I think you'll enjoy it. Now, in this game, yes. I want you to call me an idiot. I'm going to try to get you to stop being mean. You can make fun of my high forehead, my pointy nose. You can make fun of my ugly clothes. Here's how the game works. It's pretty brilliant. I'm going to try to get you to stop being mean. And if I can stop you from being mean, I win. But if I can't stop you and you keep being mean to me, you win. Okay? So the goal is not to give up. You call me an idiot and you keep making fun of me. I'm going to try to stop you. On the count of three, everyone say action. One, two, three. Action. Call me an idiot. You're an idiot. What'd you say? You're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're ugly. That hurts my feeling. Yeah, like I care. I'm going to get you in trouble. Sure, short stuff. I'm taller than you. Shut up! You call me an idiot one more time and I will windmill kick your face. Like I care. Like you could do anything in those clothes. These clothes are freaking awesome, okay? Sure, plaid and sweater vest. Oh, you have eyes. You can see. Stop being mean. I hate your face. Stop being me. I hate blonde people. <laughs> All right, give her a big hand clap. She did great. All right, now hold on, hold on. Good job. All right. I tried to stop you. I couldn't. You did a great job. Um, we're going to play one last time. Same rules. You can call me an idiot. I'm going to try to stop you. Don't let me stop you, okay? You keep being mean to me. Do you think I can stop her? No. 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 All right, I'll try. Here we go. On the count of three, everyone say action. One, two, three. Action. Go ahead and call me an idiot. You're an idiot. Oh, you think I'm an idiot? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I do stupid things. That's true. Yeah, you do. You always do stupid things. I know. You're so smart. You're so lucky. <laughs> yes, I am. You're awesome. Thank you. And you're not. I know. We, we established that. Cool. Look, my happiness is not based on whether you think I'm cool or not. I'm going to be happy even if you hate my guts. Okay. <laughs> and I'll always be nice to you, sweetheart. Okay. No. Isn't she lovely? Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so... That hopefully just illustrates what actually Jesus was teaching here. Um, that when we meet evil with evil, it's overcome with evil. But when you meet evil with good, it can overcome the evil. If that makes sense. So you can overcome evil with good. You saw the guy, whenever he was nasty and mean back, it just added fuel to the fire. And there was more evil. There was more slagging off going on. And it was just going to continue. But whenever he was nice and responded with kindness... And with love, it overcame the evil, and she stopped. And this is what Jesus was teaching, to respond, not to, to get even or to retaliate, but to retaliate and respond with love and grace. You know, Jared McKenna, that was here um, a few weeks ago, 
there's a story in one of the books that he, he wrote and he tells of a story when he was a, an art student and um, he just got off the train and he was walking over an overpass and he said he was just in a daydream. And this guy uh, in a black tracksuit with his sleeves rolled up came running up to him and when he was still maybe 10 or 15 yards away, he'd shouted something. But Jared in a daydream hadn't heard what he said and he got up to him and all he'd heard uh, the guy say was money. So he went into his back pocket and he assumed that the guy just wanted money for a train ticket um, and all he had was $10, so he went to take it out. And then this guy um, went to hit Jared and while he was hitting him with one hand, he put his hand in his other pocket to pull something out, what I assume would be a knife or something. And uh, Jared said in this minute, uh, he, he hadn't a clue what to do. He said he was either going to fight or flight. So he said he wasn't going to fight him because the guy uh, was massive and he's strong and he looked like an athlete. And if you've met Jared, he's smaller than I am. Um, and then flight, he didn't want to run away because he said he had all his art stuff in his backpack. And he said he would have ended up just waddling away and this guy um, would have got him anyway. So in that moment, he said he remembered the teaching of Jesus. He said he remembered an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you. And he said, for some strange reason, he had this $10 note and uh, he put his hand out and he said, hi, I'm Jared. And the guy uh, held his hand and said, James, he just grunted his name, James. And Jared was in shock and he said, no, 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 I'm Jared. And the guy goes, I know, I'm James. And then there was this awkward sort of silence. And then Jared said this guy, uh, in that moment, he'd noticed that there were scars and bruises all up both of his arms. And in that moment, this guy just started to give a spiel of his life and how his mom had kicked him out because he was on drugs. And now he went through this course and he was trying to get off. He was trying to get his life back on track. And he just started pouring his life out to Jared on this overpass. Um, and then there was just this real awkward moment when he'd finished again. And Jared didn't know what to do. And then this girl comes running past in a black tracksuit with a handbag on their arm, shouting, James, James, come on, we've got to go. And um, Jared was like, right, what am I going to do? So he uh, said, right, before you go, uh, I'm going to give you something. So he, he went into his backpack and he lifted out a, a little old uh, New Testament book and he gave it uh, over to him. And the guy then started getting angry and suddenly he clenched his fists again and he squared up to Jared and said, why are you giving me a Bible? I'm going to hell. I don't need that. I'm going to hell. What can that ever do for me? And then Jared said, it's not really theologically correct, but he said, he, uh, I said it anyway, I don't know why, but he said, we're all going to hell. But that's why Jesus came. And this guy, this big guy in his black tracksuit with his sleeves rolled up and his cuts and his bruises just started crying. And not just a tear, he started weeping in front of Jared. And Jared's just standing there, he didn't know what to do, this guy in front of him crying. And um, the guy, he said, look, uh, my address and my, my phone number is in the book. If you want to come and stay at mine, we'll help you try and find a place of your own and we can help get your life back on track. And then this guy ran off with the girl and the girl's running to the van. There's this like group of people that obviously been trying to steal stuff or whatever. And this woman goes, I've got a handbag, I've got a handbag. And James goes, I've got a Bible, I've got a Bible. <laughs> um, so again, Jared, if he had met that evil or that being treated unfairly, if he met that with more evil or if he tried to fight, it just would have added fuel to the fire and it just would not have ended well. Especially for Jared, it would not have ended well. But when he responded with grace and with love, it overcame that evil. And that guy had an encounter with God on that overpass. He started, he crying, he, he, he laid out his whole life for Jared and there was a moment where he encountered God's love for him. So the last thing 
is the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. So the last thing I want to share about what Jesus was teaching before we get into the practical ways. So all the way out, the Sermon on the Mount, the whole heart of the matter of that sermon was the matter of the heart. Matthew 23, verse 20, it says, Jesus saved his most devastating words, not for the tax collectors or prostitutes, but the Pharisees. So it says, in the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. He didn't say it to the tax collectors or the prostitutes. He said it to the Pharisees, the people that were pretending to be righteous, but their inner heart wasn't in a good place. It's a hard lesson to learn. But clearly, as always, the main stress wasn't focused on the outward action, but it was focused on the disposition of the heart. And the action is just merely the outcome of what's going on in your heart. But if you turn the cheek or you give your coat or you walk the extra mile with anger or hatred in your heart, then the commandment's broken. You may as well not even do it. You may as well just throw a punch back. Your heart has to be in the right place. If we act with anger or hatred boiling in our heart, you're just as bad, if not worse, as the person that responds with evil. So we need to get down into the depths of our heart. We need to make sure um, that our heart is in a good place, that we've encountered God's love, and then that will overflow into our actions. That is how we can practice this non-resistant type of love. So how can we put this into practice just quickly before we get on to uh, hearing what God wants to say to you tonight as well. Firstly, you need to know your identity in God. It's important when we look at these situations that Jesus was teaching about, these examples, um, these people seem to be acting out of a freedom. But it was because they knew that their identity and life did not come from themselves or other people, but their identity came from God. There is a true righteousness that operates out of the freedom of knowing the truth, the truth that you are a daughter or son of God. And when you know that, when you know that he gives you your life, he gives you your identity, and you're secure in him, you can then act freely in these different situations that you face, whether it's giving the cloak or walking the extra mile or turning the cheek. And therefore we return good even for evil. Romans chapter 12, verse 21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is what Jesus was teaching. If you look at the three examples, whenever he said somebody got slapped on the cheek, this would have been like, this was like the most insulting thing you could have done back in the ancient world. There was uh, the Roman law and the Jewish law actually permitted you to prosecute somebody for slapping you on the cheek. It seems a bit silly in our day, but you could have actually prosecuted somebody for that. You were allowed to seek, uh, it was fair and just to seek equal retribution for somebody slapping you on the cheek. And so Jesus said, true righteousness isn't actually going and getting equal retribution or slapping them back on their cheek, but true righteousness is actually um, going a step further and responding with a love and a grace. And you are actually showing, whenever you do that, that you have no power over me by slapping me. You can't insult me because I belong to a higher authority. I'm a daughter or a son of the king, so you can't insult me because I belong to him. Now, if you think of the other example about walking an extra mile, in that society, in that time, there was a law where Roman soldiers could force you to do something, and usually it was to carry their military bag for like a mile or so, and this is the context of it. So what they would have done is they would have been walking and they would have maybe just chucked their bag down and loaded it over you and said, carry that for a mile for me. 
and people, the soldiers would have poked fun at them and laughed at them and mocked at them as they carried um, their military bag for them for a mile. And uh, it would have been so easy to try and retaliate or try and, get, uh, try and get that soldier back for humiliating you in front of people and for making you carry his bag. But Jesus is saying true righteousness isn't um, trying, to seek, trying to get back at them, but true righteousness is actually going two miles. And by you going two miles, you show that they have no power or authority over you and forcing you to do that because you're actually, you, you know that you are son or daughter of the king and you belong to him and your identity is in him. So you actually act freely. You say, no, I'm not going to just go one mile, but I'm going to go further than you even think I would go. I'm going to go two miles because I'm free. I, I, you have no authority or power over me. And that's what Jesus was teaching. If you look at the example about lending money as well, he encourages his listeners to be generous givers. And he says, you don't need to, in that moment, try and figure out how it can be paid back to you the right equal amount so that it's fair or get an interest for the amount of money that you've been out or for the amount of time that you've been out of money. Jesus says the true righteousness is actually giving that money away freely, acting freely because you know that your identity is not caught up in money. Your security is not in money. It is in God. You're a son or daughter of God. And so you can act freely in these situations to respond to this evil or this unfair treatment that you're being faced with, with goodness and with grace and with love. Then don't worry, the, the, the next three points aren't as long. <clears throat> so you need to know the end story as well. When Jesus was being mocked and beaten and spat on, he was hanging on the cross with all of humanity turned against him. He didn't retaliate because he knew the end story. He knew that he was going to overcome evil. And we need to know that Jesus has defeated death. He's already won the victory. He has defeated all the evil and dark forces of this world. So we no longer need to retaliate with evil because it's already been defeated. We can retaliate with goodness, with grace, and with kindness, as I've already said. Just thirdly then, we need to encounter God's love for us. If we're going to retaliate with love when we're faced with evil or unfair treatment, we need to know God's love for us first. So in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, it says, We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. Nothing is going to enable you to meet this evil with a patient, yielding love, other than encountering the love that God has for you. And whenever that love is shed abroad in your heart, it's going to overflow into your actions. It's like that word I gave a few weeks ago at an encounter night about being an overflowing reservoir. When you encounter God's love and his grace and his mercy for you, it's going to overflow into your actions when you're faced with evil or unfair treatment. So as well, when you've encountered God's love for you, when you know that he has rescued you and saved you, when there's somebody not treating you right, you want them and you know that there's a hope for them to encounter God's love as well. When you've encountered it and then you show this person a glimpse of God's love by responding with grace, they can too encounter God's love for them and it can rescue them and save them. So whenever we're grateful and understand and encounter God's love for us, we then want other people to encounter that, encounter that too and we can see them saved through how we respond when they're maybe treating us unfairly. Let's say somebody at work is just completely lording their authority over you, making you do silly tasks and just treating you completely unfairly. But if you respond with love 
they can encounter God through you and your actions. So it's so important that we encounter God's love for us. And then just finally, we need to take a step back. We need to take a step back and look at things from God's perspective. This is something that um, I learned when I was in Cambodia. Um, We went for a prayer walk one night and we came across something that just we probably didn't want to come across. We didn't plan to see. Um, And in that moment, with Lee and Dave there beside me, I I was full of so much anger at what I was seeing. And it really broke me. And I wanted to just go and beat the living daylights out of these old men that I was watching do just despicable things, these evil acts that they were doing. Everything inside of me just wanted to go and retaliate with anger and this hatred that was boiling up in me. But when I was away with Lee and Dave and all the team, along that journey of being away, I just realized that I need to take a step back and look at these people the way that God sees them and from his perspective. These men that are doing these evil acts, they... They need to encounter God's love for them as well. And they need to know that God loves them. And I need to know that too. I can't get full of anger and hatred for these people. Because God loves them. God's heart breaks for them. So I need to love them. And my heart needs to break for these people that are doing evil as well. And that is a hard thing to learn. It's a hard thing to do. And it's something that I've been journeying through. And Tara and I are going back to Cambodia for a month um, in June. And so it's something I'm going to try and practice, something I'm going to try and do is actually to show love to these people because God loves them. Um, and then there's just a story in my life at the minute. It's just something I'm going through and I just feel like I've been treated really unfairly. Um, and I just, I, I, I developed a real anger and hatred for this person. I'm just being really open and vulnerable about it. And um, yeah, it just, it wasn't, wasn't a good time. I had lots of anger towards this person. I was chatting to mum about it one night and um, my mom, she just reminded me, you need to actually see this person, how God sees him. She said, right, I want you to say, I love this person. I said, mom, I can't, I don't, I, I don't love them, I hate them. I can't say that. I says, mom, no. Mom said, no, you need to choose to say this. So I said it, I said, I love this person. And then mom said, God's heart breaks for that person. God loves that person. You need to love them as well. You need to know that they need a savior and that they need rescue too. And so uh, I just wanted to honor mom as well tonight for she always reminds me of those truths. Mom is someone that I can go to and um, with these things that I'm going through and she reminds me of God's perspective, the way God sees things and what he teaches. And so mom, I know you're sitting out there somewhere. I just want to honor you for that and really thank you for always um, helping me in those times. So uh, mom reminded me that I needed the love uh, people the way that God loved them and it wasn't a choice or it, it was a choice not a feeling I didn't feel like loving that person but I chose to do it in that moment Jesus chose to heal the soldier's ear he didn't have to do it but he chose to love him God's chose to love us over the course of humanity how many times have we turned our back on him time and time again we turn our back on God but he keeps choosing to love us and we need to choose to love these people that are treating us unfairly. And when we're faced with evil, we need to, treat, we need to um, love them the way God loves them too. So that is just me finished. Um, just as, as a finish, um, I couldn't talk about retaliation without referring to Jesus at the temple and the money changers. I'm sure people were thinking if I was going to talk about that or not. But a lot of people um, think that Jesus just responded with anger and it grew up, it flowed out of him and he just, he flipped the lid. But 
a lot of people don't read the passage before. It's in Luke chapter 19 and says, when he came near the city and saw the city, it says he wept. He wept. Jesus' heart was breaking for those people in that city, in the temple, because they were missing out on God's best for them. They weren't living a life of fullness. So Jesus, he, he wept for them because he loved them, and they, he knew that they were missing out on the best, and his heart was breaking for them. So whenever he went down to the temple, he responded and reacted out of the love that he had for them because they were missing out on God's best for them, and he was trying to teach them what true righteousness looked like. And this, these, these tears that Jesus wept wasn't just some human reaction to a sad situation in that city, but those tears were the tears of the love of God that he wanted to show the people in that temple. So that is me done, and we're just going to take some time to, to think about uh, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you tonight? It might be something through worship. It might have been something from the Lecto Divina, or it might be something that I've said. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you tonight? I'm sure many of you are still unsure about how you're going to retaliate in different circumstances in your life, but for me, I didn't want to just take, I, it would take me years to try and pick out every single thing that might happen to you or how you might be treated unfairly and tell you how to respond. That's not my job. Hopefully, I've been able to show you what Jesus is teaching in this. And you need to go away and pray and ask the Holy Spirit, right, how do you want me to respond in what I'm being faced with here? So we're just going to take a moment. You can write down, if you've got a journal with you, or you can write on the back of the, the pages that we use for Lecto Divina, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you tonight? Maybe you're being challenged about how you've treated someone. Maybe you've responded in the wrong way. Maybe you need forgiveness tonight for something that you've retaliated in the wrong way. Maybe the Holy Spirit's saying that you need to react with love in this situation or whatever it is. You need to go and speak to somebody. You need to deal with anger or hatred that is in your heart. Whatever it is, let's just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. I'm going to pray and take just some moments to hear from God. Father, I just thank you that you're here with us. Thank you that you've been moving tonight, God, and speaking to us. And I pray that right now you would just speak again and directly into our hearts, God, that we'd hear what it is you want to say to us, how you want to challenge us, God. And I pray as we take time just to listen, would you challenge us, would you equip us, and would you train us in righteousness, Jesus? Holy Spirit, come and speak and minister to us now. In Jesus' name.
whenever the Holy Spirit's saying to you tonight, I want you just to take a moment to think about how are you going to respond to what he's saying? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about what Jesus is teaching you or the Holy Spirit revealing to you tonight? Just take a moment to think about that. You just want to stand. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to finish with it, to respond in a in a song. The guys are going to lead us in worship. Father God, I thank you that you first loved us. Thank you, Jesus, that you came not to do away with the law, but to fulfil the law and to teach us and train us what true righteousness looks like, God. And I pray that we would go out into the rest of the week, God, with the hours that we have left of this week, and we would retaliate with love and with grace and with kindness, and that we would see more evil overcome with good this week. And we'd see people being rescued. We'd see people encountering your love for them by how we act by how we live our lives and respond when we're met with difficult situations and circumstances. Thank you as we were singing earlier, God, that I am a child of God, that we are sons and daughters of the King. And I pray that we would know our identity is in you tonight, God, so that we can go into our weeks and act freely when we're faced with evil or unfair treatment that we can act freely out of that God because we know that we are secure in you and we answer to you so God we love you tonight and we just want to worship you in this place in Jesus name Amen We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast for more information about our church and all that we do please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk